And uh, we're off. So, Yay. yeah, fucking. I actually had very little knowledge um, about, uh, like, I knew the dude, like, called 911 and said he was, an, he, he was like, proclaiming allegiance to ISIS. Um, I really didn't know about his fucking background and all that. And it was, it actually, uh, I learned a lot. <laughs> I did a research. 2016, you know, I have to say I was getting a little desensitized about it at this particular point in time. So I didn't look into it. It really, you know, I mean, oh, well, wow. oh, shit. It, uh, I'm not a student. Yeah. It's like, oh, how about that? Didn't see that coming. 
Yeah, um, it's only like the 15th one in like six years at this particular junction. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, folks, tonight we're talking about uh, the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando and the perpetrator, uh, Omar Mateen. Um, yeah, the uh, shooting happened on July 11th, 2016, uh, and claimed 50 lives including uh omar and technically it was the 12th yeah because it, it was like at 2 a.m right yeah 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 it was right at last call yeah um everybody was already drunk yeah but in there was 58 people injured 53 by gunfire um so yeah uh and honestly this is one that i blame there's there's a lot of people that hold some blame on this, but mostly the fucking FBI really dropped the ball on this guy. Like, I have never read somewhere about so much FBI investigations going on and <laughs> in somebody's life and then them just doing this shit. Like, I've heard of them being notified about... At that about, time. Yeah, I've heard... Yeah, it's happened since then again, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one was bad, like... <laughs> this fucking guy. All right, so, yeah, um, let me see. Let me get back to where I have notes on him. All right, so, yeah, he was born on November 16th, which is my dad's birthday, uh, on 1986, which is the year I was born, right? Fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at Long Island Jewish Medical Center in uh, Hyde Park, New York, to Afghani parents. Um, his, uh, parents came over here in the eighties, um, became a natural, his dad became a naturalized citizen in 89 and, uh, it came up that his dad actually was a secret informant for the FBI between, uh, 05 and 2016 and, you know, up until the shooting. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it, it, at least it wasn't done for his citizenship, so he done it in service. We can... Yeah, hopefully say that. Yeah, um, I, I actually tried to find what he had done, um, like who he was, you know, like informing on, but of course he was a confidential informant. Um, the only reason that information is even out is because of the trial against um, Mateen's wife. Uh, Sh- Shala, I guess. Yeah, you don't don't start me. Ain't gonna try. <laughs> yeah, for don't live here for all. Of, oh, by the way, um, I was looking at our 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 insight stuff on Acast, and uh, we have a listener now in the United Arab Emirates. Uh, sorry, brother. Did you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, you were apologizing to him yeah. or her or they? Them, they, <laughs> however many they's. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I am not. I am not well versed in, um, in in Arabic, and the name is. Uh, it's a pretty looking name, just the way it's spelled out. But it's. It, I, I would I, say Shahala. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, they had four. Uh, he had he had three siblings. Uh, Omar did. Um. He was raised in New York. He was then he w- uh, for a few years, and then they went to uh, Florida in '91. Um, his parents were described as moderate Muslims, kind of all American. So, when and that's important to remember, he grew up in New York 
and Florida, right? He didn't. Yeah. He, he didn't live anywhere else. <laughs> um, so at a young age, he started showing a preoccupation with violence. Um, well, he was in uh, no L- idea where he would have picked that up at. <laughs> well, I mean, at at elementary school, a third rate a third grade teacher said that he was very active, always moving around, verbally abusive and rude, talked a lot about sex and violence, hands all New over York the place. In the nineties. No, no, this is in Florida. Um, okay, Florida in the nineties. Yeah, he uh, he started. He started to lay back then. Well, not when they're talking about sex and his hands are all over other kids and in his mouth and just doing weird shit. Um, In the seventh grade, he got moved to a different class with the purpose of avoiding conflicts with other students because he just wouldn't stop touching them and doing weird shit. And uh, like his behavioral problems got in the way of his like his school performance. Now, I mean, to some extent, I can I can relate. I was always like I was really smart as a kid, but I couldn't behave myself because I didn't understand other kids. I won't I won't you know I, I didn't talk so much about violence and sex at least not in third grade. That that didn't come around till I don't know maybe sixth grade. But um, conduct was the one thing I couldn't fail in. I tried. <laughs> you were you were a well behaved student in school, Mike. Surprisingly, yes. <laughs> that that actually does kind of surprise me. I figured you I figured you're a little bit more of a hellion like I was. I was secretive about it. I didn't. I, I never did it out front where they would actually pay attention. It, it was always in the the smoking area behind the gym or you know out on the the field or and uh, never where anybody was looking. So and another thing that kind of reminded me a little bit of myself in in some aspects is when nine eleven happened. Um. In 2000, he got expelled for being in a fight in math class, where he actually got like arrested and charged with battery and disrupting the school, even though the charges were later thrown out. Um, when 9/11 happened, he was a sophomore, right? Um, oh yeah, I did hear about that. <laughs> his <laughs> classmates told that he cheered in support of the hijackers during the September 11th attacks. And he later stated that Osama bin Laden was his uncle. Yeah. <laughs> and that Osama had shot, taught him how to shoot AK-47s. Now, here's one thing. There's a few things in this story that, that give me a little bit of pause and make me go, well, hmm. When he stated that Osama bin Laden was his uncle, it, this was before there was any knowledge that bin Laden was the mastermind of the attacks. Right? So after he says this, his father gets called on him. His dad shows up, and when they tell him that he told everybody that Osama bin Laden was his uncle, he slaps the shit out of him, like slaps him right in the face in front of everybody. And then Mateen got suspended for five days. Um, but after uh, 9-11, he, like, he, he would like be on the school bus. He'd imitate an exploding plane. Like, so I was a little bit flippant and... Uh, I guess disrespectful at the time of 9-11 when it happened. Now, I didn't go this far. I didn't cheer in support of them. You know, I didn't pretend to be an airplane blowing up. But I did have kind of a disregard for it. And like I said in our 9-11 episode, it wasn't until I was in my 20s, really, that I, I kind of re- it really sank in, you know, the reality of it. But this guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy took it to a whole other level. 
And the fact that he mentioned Osama bin Laden's name at a time when all they were saying was, uh, what was, uh, faceless cowards or something like that, nameless, nameless terrorists, or they, they hadn't really, they hadn't pinned it on anybody yet. Um, so the fact that he was mentioning bin Laden, it's, 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 it just to keep that in mind. It's one of the red flags that pop up with me. Um, I have questions about this guy. Um, so he yeah, I was, wish there was more information about the exact dates that kind of stuff happened. I'd love to know the timeline. Yeah. Um, well, like the thing with the Osama bin Laden, this happened, this was during the attacks. Like the planes, you know, the buildings were crashing. He was still in school that day. So this was during the attacks. It, will, it won't until a couple days after that we found out about bin Laden. So it's, yeah, it's, I, a, I know. It's a little fucking weird. Um, but anyway, the, uh, he, he had like a high school counselor tried to like, you know, help him out. But he basically said it never had the effect that we were hoping for. And his father wouldn't back up the school and would always take his son's side. Um, he ended up getting sent to another high school and whatnot. He ended up, re- re- he finished school finally and ended up going to an adult vocational school. But then he got suspended from there for 48 days <laughs> for being involved yeah, in fights and injuring other students. Um, and somehow still graduated. And you know what his first choice of job was? He wanted to be a fucking cop. <laughs> Like that was, that. yeah. I, 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 think, I think we've had a little tiny discussion in the past of ourselves that you know there's a very little small divide between criminal and cop. Yeah, and the ones it's that, like it almost takes a criminal to be a cop. Yeah, and he has the type of mindset of the quote unquote bad apples you hear so much about. Like this yeah. guy, this this is the type of guy that makes me say we don't need cops is because we can't tell. When we have these guys or when we have someone who actually wants to serve and protect, they're all wearing the same clothes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, man. There's way too much evidence to, to, to be able to say, no, it, it, it's, it's not many. It's just a couple of bad apples. It's like, well, they, they fell a long way from the tree. <laughs> yeah. They spread all over the nation. That's more than a couple. For real. Like the whole orchard at this point, like these are, these aren't apples, they're just full of piss. You know, it's piss apples. However, as you know, as as, as a, a slack of a view as we have here, uh, I do have to go ahead and skip just a little ahead and touch on a point. The cops in this particular uh, incident were on Absolutely. Um, the, 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 basically, all the first responders in this case, from where, what I was reading on them, were, were absolute fucking heroes. You know, um, yeah, they they did they did the best they could. Rapid response, bravery beyond the call. Yeah, they uh, were in there. They were in there. Cops were in there, like getting people out and removing injured while the shooting was still happening. And yep, for me to understand that, I actually had to look at like a floor plan of this place. And uh, the closest thing we have to it here in Raleigh would be Legends, because um, Leg- Legends Bar has like several different sections. So Pulse Nightclub yeah, had I like legends. Pulse Nightclub, yeah, they used to have like a goth night, and it was pretty awesome. Yeah, um, it was. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, <clears throat> before I start reminiscing on those fun days, I still uh, love you, Nighttime Raleigh. I still do. <laughs> actually, Raleigh is pretty cool. Like, 
at nighttime, man. It's it's got a lot of cool like bar scenes and club scenes. Raleigh's all right um, at night. Uh, Charlotte's even better. Uh, anyhow, anyhow, but Pulse, it's like it's it's almost like they took like five nightclubs and put it into one. Um, there's like a you know there the bathroom is kind of there's like all the bars kind of come from the central area where the bathrooms are. And but like you can go from the bar section to like any of these other like little club rooms. There, I think they said there's like four different DJs at that that night. Well, you got uh, from the floor plan I saw. There may be other ones from, uh, but uh, they had a uh, one large section for the hip hop section. Then they had the dance club section with the central bar. Um, and then you had a patio section. Yeah. It was, another one that we always had something like it was like the Long Branch used to be in Raleigh. I remember, if you remember that club. Oh, the Twin Club. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that, a, that was always interesting. You go from one nightclub to another. You just yeah. Walk <laughs> yeah. And Pulse was something like that. Um, yeah. So, it, it, it does give me those vibes. So yeah. They're in this huge place and all they hear is gunshots like echoing through the walls. But they're in there just dragging people out and fucking yeah. It, um, but anyway, that's we, you know kudos to all the all the first responders at this one. Um, but yeah, he attended Indian River State College uh, criminal justice program, and in a questionnaire, they asked him if he had ever commit been involved in a crime that went undetected, and he said yes, but he didn't provide any details. Even why would you? He was then admitted. <laughs> to it <laughs> Get, now see this is back to my issue yeah, he with was cops. admitted to the school and he earned a freaking associate of science degree in criminal justice yeah after already said being you know after already admitting that he was a criminal oh, the sound <laughs> broke up on that one but yeah yeah yeah, yeah he, he'd already admitted to yeah actually having done a crime got it in and then you know proceeded to get into the school now here's something i got to point out to uh you know th- it, this is how you do it folks he went to college. He didn't go to a fancy college, and he worked at a number of local stores and restaurants in the area to pay for college. Um, so, but yeah, he got his degree, and apparently he you know, began working as a recruit for the Florida Department of Corrections. <laughs> uh, did, did, this is this is an interesting career choice for this guy. Yeah. Um, um. It, 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 it seemed like he was born for it. <laughs> um, but he, went, uh, he had, apparently, they had checked into his background and explaining his juvenile record as part of a successful application. He explained the incident where he was arrested. And he uh, also no, he, wrote yeah, that he, he had experimented with uh, marijuana. As he did that, yeah, he did that, that actually as, uh, after he left college, he, he started working as a recruit for the Department of Corrections of Florida. Yeah. And um, so he was like, in his training program there when he talked about all this stuff, when he explained his juvenile record, um, when he uh, explained the incident when, at, at, when he was arrested at school during 9-11. I don't know how he explained that one off. Uh, he also wrote that he had been smoking pot when he was a teenager. Um, so, I mean, that, that, they all looked over that. But one day in class, after the Virginia Tech shooting in 07, he suggested in a, during one of the training classes that he would bring a gun to class. He said, and he had 20, there was 20 students in the class. He was like, I guess I'll bring 20 bullets. 
And he starts like making finger guns at all the students. <laughs> so days later, he was uh, involuntarily dismissed from the program and never became a certified corrections officer. So thank God for that. For him. <laughs> yeah. You know, tell him what, what kind of criminal activities would have been happening inside the jail. He'd be, he got in those kind of jobs. Yeah, like that. The motherfucker was like, oh, I guess I'll bring 20 bullets. Like, what? Like, and he always, and this seemed to be like a regular thing with him, is he, he really went for shock value, you know? Um, he, went for, he went for things that he knew would fuck with people. He knew that would make him kind of scared of them. All right, we're going to have to put a little bit of a pause here for a second. Yeah, so he got dismissed from the corrections officer thing, Majig. Um, he then worked for this British security firm uh, in Florida. And while he was working for it, it was like G4S, I think. Yeah. And uh, he actually appeared in a documentary. And I was about, I, I, I thought about watching it just so I could see his clip, but he was only in there for a minute, apparently. But it was a documentary about the Deepwater Horizon oil spill. And uh, he said, you know, to the interviewers and whatnot, like, nobody gives a shit here. Everybody's just out to get paid. They're, like, hoping for more oil to come out and more people to complain so they'll have jobs. They just want more disaster to happen. Um, another little note I found, oh, I heard somewhere when I was looking through shit about him, is while he was at this place, like, if, if he didn't like the look of you or if you just kind of were, he, he, he was somewhat offended by your existence or whatever, he would, like, make you sit there at the security desk for, like, a really long time, like, excessively long. Like, he would do all kinds of, like, little fucking power trip shit because he could. He, he was that, he, he was basically born to be a cop. I mean, he was a pain in the ass, man. <laughs> well, yeah, he definitely showed it growing up. I mean, some people said he was the bully, uh, then, you know, the others said he got bullied, so he probably got it on both ends, and, you know, well, he, he was, you know, the kids he bullied got the makings of an asshole. Yeah, the kids he were he was bullying grew up a little bit and got big enough to fucking bully him back. God, you know, God bless them for doing so. Um, yeah, <laughs> so he definitely had the makings of an asshole, but um, nothing so far that would really show that you know, he would go to doing what he did too heavy. Yeah, some fucked up mentalities and some stuff, but yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. He, nothing that nothing yet that screams this guy's going to be a shooter. However, at this point in time, I think, and he had already been like, yeah, like the uh, the the teacher where he was talking about bringing a gun to class and shit like that had already. They he called the FBI. The FBI was like, yeah, we know about him, um, and they had been looking into him. Um, because he made all kinds of like weird claims that while he was working at that, uh, I think while he was working at the security place too, he was making all kinds of weird claims about his, uh, connections to both Al Qaeda and ISIS and Hezbollah. And, and a lot of it came from like the other, the other officers that he worked with would make, you know, little fucked up jokes about him being like a member of like a terrorist organization, about him being a terrorist. They'd kind of tease him about it. You know, like, oh no, don't suicide bomb us. And yeah, uh, it was only you know five years after you know, nine eleven, and uh, yeah, the America was still in that stupidity stage where yeah, anybody of you know, Middle Eastern persuasion was you know to be held at arm's length, so to yeah. speak. 
they were right about this one. Um, Blind the, squirrel uh, gets a nut every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I like. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> After reading about his example, I decided to also experiment with marijuana. Boy, <laughs> it does not agree with my lungs sometimes when I'm trying to laugh. Um, <laughs> the oxygen is still important. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the FBI already has a file open on him. Um, the security company he worked for, they did two screenings of him. Um, one upon hiring and the other one like later in 2013. And it raised, it raised no flags. Um, under Florida law, for him to work as an armed guard, the company was required to make a full psychiatric evaluation of him or to administer a validated written psychological test. <coughs> um, the test was the uh, Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory, which is used often for like job screening and court cases. You know, kind of those, uh, it, it asks you to, to agree with statements such as sometimes my soul leaves my body, or once in a while I think of things too bad to talk about, you know. <laughs> I, uh, me, me and my cousin once went out in the woods and we touched wieners. You know, it, it's one of those things. They, they make you. They, they, if, uh, if you, if you see a friend stealing money, what would you do? You know, th- those ridiculous questions that everybody lies on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, you know, like the job application for Walmart. Yeah, they yeah, go through some like similar who, to that. Who? Yeah, exactly. Who would answer? You know, <laughs> in a, you know, it's like. I guess if you're too stupid to lie, they won't hire you. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I've, I've actually went through that with that particular screening at Walmart, you know, because you know the 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 the, the government at the time when I was working for, trying to get some assistance told me I needed to find a job, so I went there and I told them, yeah, I'm not going to get the job. Well, they made me go, and well, I didn't get the job because I answered honestly. <laughs> you're not going to get that job if you answer honestly folks absolutely not like <laughs> learn how to lie you, you would think that only saints would be working at walmart or target you know absolutely <clears throat> i mean come on nobody's going to tell on their friend if they're stealing something to support their family come on that ain't going to happen and if it does you're an asshole <laughs> you deserve that minimum wage fucking job so, yeah, he, um, the psychologist listed on the certification submitted by the company to the state and later said that she stopped working for the company in 05. So after the shooting, um, that psychiatrist who, like, who, according to the records of the security company, was said to have evaluated and cleared Mateen in 07, denied ever having met him or have lived in Florida in that time. And said she had stopped her practice in Florida in 06. The government didn't do something shady and you know underhanded, did they? Well, this is actually like a private security firm. Um, but G4 said well, G4S <laughs> said that Mateen was not actually interviewed by a psychologist, but actually what happened was a psychologist evaluated the results of the test. And so the Florida yeah. Department of Agriculture fined them $151,000 for providing inaccurate psychological testing information. You know, after yeah, they after they found 1500 erroneous forms. 
It wasn't just, there's not just him out there that slipped through them cracks. Oh, there was at least 1,500 others. At least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, all lying. because somebody sent in a blank, well, a preform test for, you know, to make damn sure that their hiree got hired. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he got, so because of all this going down, G4S actually removed Mateen from his job uh, at a courthouse. And because of threats towards coworkers, <coughs> excuse me, including where he, one thread he claimed he'd have Al-Qaeda kill one of the deputies' families. So, you know, that went over well. Um, yeah, but they didn't fire him. Yeah, they yeah they kept him on and moved him to a kiosk at this gated community in Palm Beach. Um, they never told the community why he was transferred there. It's like the Catholic Church, you know. <clears throat> they just move him there. They'll just move him. Here's uh, a new bishop. <coughs> Good luck. So this guy with multiple threats about Al Qaeda, multiple threats about murder, terrorism, like a lifelong. Uh, honestly, yeah, a, a lifelong trend towards things that are terroristic and uh, violent. He held an active carried conceal permit, an armed security guard license. He had no crim- adult criminal record. He was a proficient shooter who scored at or above the 98th percentile with a 9mm semi-automatic pistol. Now, at this time, the FBI should have got off out of their chair and away from their computer where they were monitoring him and went and had a talk with him. They should have revoked his life. Preferably inside of a concrete room where there was no other exit. Yeah, yeah. And while while he's in there, confiscate his firearms and remove, like... Absolutely. Put a fucking database, a little red flag on a database. This man shows up, he does not get a gun, and you call us. That... That should be it. You know, like, he should not have had, like, yeah, sure, at this point he's done nothing, but I'm sorry. I mean, if somebody threatens to kill the president, they fucking, you know, they're on that shit, right? But this guy's going around threatening, and, you know, the, all these, like, terrorist organizations he claimed to be a part of or wanting to join, they all hate each other. Uh, Hezbollah and ISIS hate each other. Al-Qaeda, yeah, get along. Al-Qaeda and Hezbollah hate each other. Like, <laughs> he could not have been a member of all these. It's like, yeah, I'm a member of the Hell's Angels, and you got, you know, I don't know, what's the Mayans or something? I I, I don't know biker gangs. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it's like saying you're a Crip, but you're wearing all blue clothes with a blue bandana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was definitely not fit for any kind of armed duty to, to have a weapon. I don't think in my own personal opinion, I, I really do believe the FBI dropped the ball on this one. They had him dead to rights. They had all the information they yeah. needed, especially after nine 11. I mean, come on. So in uh 20, I mean, for fuck's sake, we were still hating Muslims at this particular point in time. And here's one telling you that he's a member that should have been enough by itself right at that in. particular point. They in history. Him, the, the way, the way I understood the Patriot act, that would get you straight to Gitmo. You yeah, I mean, you'd be eating a cock meat, cock meat sandwich for dinner. Oh, and so you admit it. No problem. <coughs> Bye. Yeah, fine. Get mo it is. Like, that was my understanding of the Patriot Act. It was part of what pissed me off so much about the Patriot Act. But God damn it, they had it. And they didn't use it. 
and fucking yeah. 50 people died, <laughs> you know? <clears throat> um, yeah, they had this motherfucker. They could have got stopped him at any time. To tell somebody who's saying, hey, this motherfucker's still about bringing a gun to this class and saying that he's a member of fucking Hezbollah and ISIS and al-Qaeda and that Osama bin Laden's his uncle. And the FBI's just like, yeah, we've been watching him since fucking high school. Yeah, we know. It's like, what? You know, I couldn't Well, they fucking... were at least watching him until June of the same year. I so mean... in, in 2006, I tried to get a fucking plane ticket to Amsterdam, right? I wanted to go to Amsterdam. And I found out that I couldn't because of my purchase of the anarchist cookbook. But they gave this motherfucker guns? <laughs> I... I read one book. This motherfucker gets a gun. And get this. While he's under investigation at this time, right? He visits Saudi Arabia for eight days in March 2011 and then goes back the next year for 10 days, right? His second trip had been organized by the Islamic Center at New York University. It had 12 New York City police officers and groups from Columbia and Yale, and they visited Mecca and Medina. He also took a side trip in between these and went to the United Arab Emirates, which kind of fucked me up when I'm reading this and I look at my thing, and we got a new guy from the United Arab Emirates. I'm like, that's fucking, that's odd. <laughs> that's odd. Um, FBI Director James Comey said Saudi officials help investigate Mateen's trips. Um, so they investigated his trips. The House Intelligence Committee said that U.S. investigators are looking for details about these trips. Like, yeah, so it, it's, it's crazy. You know, they should have stopped him long, long ago. Yeah. Well, I hope it all picked that up on your side, because I dropped you for a second. Hopefully that was just my internet over here out in the middle of the woods. Uh, yeah, you went away for a second there, dude. I was just babbling on and on, and I'm sitting here looking at well, the I was, and I was I just, just I was watching you and you know, listening to you and was waiting to uh, for you to finish that particular statement, and then uh, you just kind of faded off into nothing over there, and I was like, uh, hello? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, hopefully, some of that answers. rambling got got in there. So, but, uh, <laughs> and if not, folks, you know, we're still working on it. You know, yeah. Uh, we're so, getting better yeah. every time, I think. So you heard me talking about he went to the you, the Arab Emirates and the FBI and Saudi government is investigating it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that they're still searching for details about the Saudi Arabia trips, right? I said, so there's nothing else that comes out of that, but that's another flag. The government knows yeah, about him. They watched how, him go. Well, they couldn't have been watching too tight, too tightly. And and this is kind of one of the things that you know stood out to me on this little backup thing here was that you know, they were supposed to be investigating this guy because he made you know claims of being involved with these terrorist organizations and he's had all kinds of you know violent outbursts and all this other good stuff he was put onto a terrorist watch list i mean that's supposed to be the highest level of you know you know scrutiny that you know somebody's supposed to have a scope up your butt at this particular point in time fuck yeah um um but for some reason they had no freaking idea until afterwards when they searched his apartment found his computer and all that stuff that he had been watching extremist videos and you know including all the beheadings of you know people and you know, all this other good shit, but, um, so yeah, what, why, yeah, how, how, how did this not get him into that 
aforementioned concrete room under the ground. Yeah, I couldn't get on a plane to go to a European country. <laughs> this guy is making terroristic threats about Al-Qaeda and, you know, shit like that. And they just let him go off to Saudi Arabia. Are well, you there? I mean, yeah, maybe okay. they were hoping that he would lead them somewhere, maybe. I mean, I can almost justify that bit. But, I mean, to be freaking sure, if he's sitting there watching videos and say, this guy's getting amped up for something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you don't watch videos like that after making those kind of claims without trying to, you know, justify something, either justifying your belief or justifying your ideals. One yeah, the, or, I, you're, I, I, or you're looking for advice, you know, or, or yeah. Um, so <clears throat> he, uh, 2011, he meets his second wife. Uh, that's, um, uh, God damn. Noor Zahi Salman on, <laughs> God, man, on, I feel like I'm reading Tolkien sometimes, on an online dating site, and the two married shortly thereafter in uh, California. All right, so she was married to, before that, she was married to this Palestinian, and an arranged marriage that was organized in the Ramallah of the Palestine territories. Uh, but she had grown up in California, um, Four, uh, eldest of four daughters to the, a family of Palest. Are you there, Mike? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, anyway, right, hold on. I, I lost my, now I lost my thought. <laughs> my fucking my computer beeped at me, and everything went to hell. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, man. It's... Maybe we need to start doing this stuff by carrier pigeon. <laughs> Smoke signals. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah basically the his his marriage uh to 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 her I, it, it comes up later again but there it there there there's really no connection of her to any like crime and that's one thing that comes up a lot is like she was his connection to the Palestinians and 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 therefore and it's like I don't know if he made any connections it was either online or when he went to to Saudi Arabia. Um, I don't think he actually ever made any, but again, those little red flags make me ask questions. Um, so, yeah, they moved back to uh, Florida with Mateen's father and another relative. And then she, you know, she ends up, like, leaving him again and, like, went back to California. Um, and she was pregnant. Or, no, she had already had a son by then. She already had a son. So yeah. Anyway, there, yeah, there, I didn't look into uh, his relationship. I did, a, li- I with did her. a little bit because of what happened afterwards. Um, so I guess now we can go ahead and get into the shooting. Um, he had been riding around Orlando, and uh, he had like he had been he got to a couple of different nightclubs. Um, there are some people who said that he had been at Pulse before. There are even some that said they had seen him at Pulse and other gay nightclubs, like dancing with guys and stuff like that. But there's, it, there's not really enough. Even the FBI was like, there's, there's really not enough, you know, to say that he, he was homosexual. If he was, he kept it really, really hidden. Um, his yeah, father, I mean, you don't have to be homosexual to go and, you know, scope out and, you know, get the lay yeah. of the... 
well, what place what they you want to shoot. What they're I mean. trying to go for with that is that uh, his it, he was like uh, a closeted homosexual. You know that whole the 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 guilty. Yeah, mad at himself enough to you know right if, right right uh, inflicted onto other people. Yeah. And I could see him bringing up that angle, and you know, if he was, they, that might you know be something. But according to his own words, I don't think that really had anything to do with it. Yeah, his dad um, did say that they had been walking together shortly before the killing, and um, he had seen like uh, Omar had seen like this two men like kissing or whatnot in public, and it like enraged Omar, like made him super super angry. Now. I, I don't know how I feel about his dad. Sometimes I feel like his dad is... I, I've known a couple of, like, um, Muslim families. And, like, the, the, the patriarch of the family is always kind of a a traditionalist, and they'll never say anything bad about one and all that. He Yeah, he, he he's like, yeah, he got really mad about it. and then But it had nothing to do with, like, he... You know, I don't believe in... He, like, his father says he doesn't preach against homosexuals or anything like that. He doesn't believe... He, like, he doesn't believe in it. And he knows that God's against it, but he doesn't say that it's like, you know, man's job to do anything about it. So yeah, the I servants of God should have nothing to do with it. The more I read about it, the more I felt like, uh, yeah, those were his exact words. <laughs> um, uh, the more I read about it, the more I feel like it wasn't so much a hate crime as it was he, he was looking for a place that he, he went around looking to these places, looking for the best one. And on this particular night, uh, Pulse was host, hosting a Latin night. And so it was, it was kind of a crowded night there. Most of the victims were Latino. Um, I don't know if I'll put much claim into the fact that he was casing other places because the Pulse was the most popular nightclub in that part of town. And, you know, like I said, they were having an event. And there's a fairly large Latino population in Florida, so it was a big draw. And you know what else there's a large population of in Florida? Gays. Especially in the Great Orlando. <laughs> gays. Uh, so and gay Latinos, and that's 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 like majority of for of, of fucking Orlando, right? In Miami, like South Beach. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah. So. Like I said, I don't think it had anything to do with it being a gay club. I think he went there because it was somewhere he could get the most, the head, the, the biggest body count. Well, right? I, I think it did have. I mean, you know, he he clearly doesn't like gays. You know, there was many other places to, to choose, uh, and you know, Muslims traditionally do. Well, no, I can't say traditionally. Sorry. Um, a large number of Muslims that I have had the pleasure of knowing do have some reservations, fairly strong ones, about homosexuality. Yeah, really no and different course, than like your Southern Baptists in that regard. They, not they, very much. <laughs> now, the extremist ones, they yeah, have they a, a, a much, much, much harsher view upon that particular lifestyle. Now, being gay, um, even in even a lot of your moderate Muslim families... Being gay is—it's enough to you're going to get disowned pretty much. Um, it's the same with like Mormons and whatnot too, you know. And and hell, Southern Baptists, being gay or even bisexual, coming out to your family—it—it's—it's it's pretty much uh, both both sides agree that that's going to be the end of that family's relationship with each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sadly. Yeah, that that yeah, sadly. So that is a, that is a big like it, it's that big a deal in 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 their culture. Like I said, and it's not something specifically to. 
I'm not being Islamophobic about it. You know, I had, they're, they're different than the other Abrahamic religions, you know, in that regard. Um, so, yeah, you got your beliefs, and your beliefs are what they are. I can't fault anybody for those, including those that I disagree with. You know, I have my own beliefs, and you know, I hope well, people leave me to mine. So I do the same to them. There, there's time. There's, there's. I, I have lines with it. There's, you know, if somebody chooses to believe some things, but when you, I don't know, if you are actively praising pedophiles, you know, <laughs> there's, and you know this information, and you just choose to ignore it. Then you're 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 joining the wrong team, right? Like you've made a, you, your decision is your decision, but you I can I can sit here and say it's a poor one. Um, <laughs> there's there, well, there's, you can support whatever you want to. I do not care what it is, as long as I don't see you actively participating in that particular such behavior. Then I'm just going to leave you to be you. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to go out and actively interfere because <laughs> as long as I'm not interfered with, and as long as they're not you know causing great harm to the world around me. Um, now, I can make arguments on maybe some bonus episodes, but we're going to move on from the, the religious thing. I don't think the actual religious thing, I don't even think he was a Muslim extremist. I think he was an extremist. I put him up like somewhere kind of like, uh, like Johnny Knoxville or Steve-O, but with violence. <laughs> oh, good it, Lord. Could you just, oh man, mental images. It, well, I mean, but he was going for, he, he's basically doing the same kind of thing, right? You know, uh, <laughs> looking for the biggest attention getter that he could possibly do that fits in with his ideals. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, I didn't start doing the whole goth thing and looking into Satanism until people started calling me devil worshipers, uh, you know, and then I was like, well, maybe they're right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think he wanted to be and, you know, he just didn't know how to, to go about it. And so he did his own thing. Yeah, you know, he just got tired of looking for his moment in the in the spotlight. Like I really couldn't find anything that just it, it was just like he impulsively did this. Like he just set off to do it, and he already had guns because you know the type of person he was. Not, yeah, not all, I, I couldn't find anything about any you know written plans or any mention of anything that no, it was getting well, ready to other, happen. Other nothing. Than the fact that he talked about wanting to kill people his whole life. Yeah, he'd been I mean, planning it his whole life. The place, it, the place he did it, and where and when didn't so much matter to him. <laughs> he just wanted to do it. And what the most effective way to be done? Well, well, what you do is you wait till about uh, there's 320 people in this club, right? About two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, um, everybody's at the bar getting their last call. They're you know hugging everybody. They're all friends there. You know they, you know. The one thing I got to say about the gay community, they're close knit as hell. I mean, they are tight well, as yeah. tits. I mean, they, they've had to be. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they, they're all you know, hugging each other. Bye. You know, saying, you know, see you next week kind of stuff like that. Like you do at a, you know, a bar when you're, you're hanging out with a bunch of friends and people you, you, you're like minded with. I mean, yeah, I, I know the scene, you know, not that particular one, but I know the club scene. And yeah, when you find your club, you got to click in there, and those clicks are always tight. Don't matter which particular walk of life you're walking, people walking with you in th that yeah. that setting. Tribalism is a very real thing. And <laughs> yes, it, it, it has its benefit. I mean, there, it has its drawbacks. It's a bit problematic, but tribalism is a thing. Um, I went to. Uh, I have like pretty bad social anxiety. Like I can't stand a Walmart. Right. 
but I went to uh, Rockfest uh, last year. And, man, there were 50,000 people there at these shows. And I didn't have a single problem with social anxiety because most of the people there were, like, goth, metalheads, and hippies. You know, I, yeah, I'm tri- I was fucking tripping balls on mushrooms and found, like, a, a little a fairy hippie family that kind of adopted me because I was alone and had lost my friend and I didn't have any lighters. <laughs> so, I mean... Yeah, was- the, I mean, the nightclub scene I come up with was the, the, the heavy metal mosh pit kind of group where we would all get together and you know, right. beat each other senseless and then pick each other off the, up the, fl- yeah. off the floor imagine, and you know, give each other a hug. Thank you for of me and yous, right? Because these people were nice as shit. <laughs> you know, everybody there was fucking super nice. Everybody there was super chill. And we all got along because we were all pretty much the same people. You know what I mean? We're, and so, and that's that's an example of tribalism. You know, um, like I say, it goes far sometimes. You you look at you can look at like Elohim City or uh, like a lot of these you know fucking like white supremacist communes, and you got all kinds of crazy shit, man. Like it, tribalism can go bad, but it it has its benefits. And a lot of the people that survived that night at Poles were because of their tribalist, you know, because they're tribalist just to care for one another. Right. So that's the scene that you know, we're setting up here is everybody's, you know, in that frame of mind that, you know, hey, we've had a great night. It's been a blast and we're going to do it again next time. Yeah. So, and unfortunately, that's when the yeah. first shots fire off. Yeah. And uh, right, right outside the front door, he started shooting into the club. He hadn't even got inside yeah, yet. And he, this he, is where I, the first officer, man, how unlucky for the shooter and very lucky for the response team. That there was a duty, an officer there working extra duty yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah, he was working. It was like a yeah. He um yeah. So two a.m. They serve in last call drinks, and Shooter McDouchebag shows up in a uh, rental van, um, parking it next door. It didn't really matter where he parked. It wasn't like he was leaving. Um, he gets out. He walks to the building. He has a six hour MCX semi automatic rifle, uh, which I guess is like an AR variant. Yep, um, and, which is we're starting to put that picture together of why some people are really hating that particular model of weapon. Yeah, it, it, it's because it seems to be the favorite. Um, a semi-automatic rifle, uh, yeah, that was the 6R, and a 9mm Glock 17 semi-automatic pistol. So he just, got, he just has the two guns. Um, he's, got, he's wearing green, blue, and white plaid dress shirt. A white t-shirt underneath and tan cargo pants. He actually looks like everybody at the club, <laughs> you know, like yeah, it's fucking straight up club guy, you know, kind of. And he looked he he was Arab, so he has the brown skin. He would have fit right in with the Latino crowd, you know, yeah, like yeah, it, he fit right in except for the six hour and the way he just shows up like fucking Terminator style and starts blasting the entrance. Like he goes to the build through its southern entrance. And just start. Oh, there was a little bit of a. Uh, yeah, he went into the entrance, and, and like I said, that cop right down the road seen him firing into the club, and immediately responded. And there was a brief shootout between the shooter and this. Yeah, this yeah. officer. Yeah. Who quickly realized he was way outgunned for the situation. Yeah. Call for backup, um, which showed up extremely fast. They did. They did. Um, but not fast enough as far as. You know, there, you can only do so much. So, and you know, I'm not blaming them for this, but Jesus Christ, 
Dozens yeah, help always meant when, when seconds count. Help is always yeah, minutes. Dozens away. were killed within the first like five minutes. Uh, he fired two hundred rounds off in those five minutes, pausing only to reload. <laughs> yeah, and you got people in there now that are scattering for every yeah, exit well, they can try to find. You've got p- people that have been shot; they're wounded, they're getting trampled. People are now pushing each other into you know bathrooms and the supply closet. Yeah, there was um, and, the thing is, you got to remember how big this place is too, right? So while this is all going on at the south entrance across the club, people are still dancing and they're hearing these pop noises and they're thinking it's the DJ. And, like, this one dude says he felt guilty about it because he, he had kind of his back to the wall, and he felt the vibrations from it, and he thought it was part of just the beat. And he was just, he started dancing to it. Like, they, they didn't realize what was going on. They just, it, it blended in with the music. And there was a couple people who were like, like, this one guy had gone to the bathroom, him and a couple buddies, they, they were staying in line at the bathrooms or whatever, and he started hearing this popping noise. He's like, that's not right. And, uh... They were like, nah, man, that's just the music. That's just the DJ. And he was like, no, 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 no. And he heard it again, just pop, 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 pop. He's like, nah, that's, that's not right. That, no, nah, that ain't right. Let's, we're not leaving this bathroom, right? Um, and, yeah, so a lot of people ended up going into the bathrooms. Um, it seemed to be, like, the safest spot. I don't know why they were doing that. There was, because the people that were near the bar, they could have gotten out the entrances that were right there by the bar, but instead a lot of them got into like this herd mentality, I guess, and they just all ran towards the bathroom. They ran where everybody else was running. Um, yeah, I was fixing to say, when everybody takes off running, you know, it's probably the first thought to head the direction everybody's running. And while everybody's running to the bathroom, and he, he takes this time to make a 911 call, uh, swearing allegiance to the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, um, and said that the U.S. killing of Abu Wahib in Iraq the previous month was the cause for the shooting. He told a negotiator that he was out here right now because of American-led interventions in Iraq and Syria, and that the negotiators told the U.S. to stop the bombing. Um, yeah, so the incident, it, it immediately becomes a terrorist attack, right? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so They also told him yeah, he made a second phone call right after that. Yeah, you know, supposedly, you know, whether he actually called somebody or he was just acting for the people there that he knew would be calling 911 is something that I am putting up for a debate. I do not know if it actually happened. I did not see anything about the call records to show who he called. But they hear him saying something about, you know, that he's, you know, he's not the only one, that he's in place, you know, make sure that you're in place and, you know, something about some explosives. Yeah, he so said word that. got uh... out to the police that there were snipers out there and that there were bombs. Yeah, he actually said to the uh, the negotiator at the at one of the calls that or that call I don't remember um, that there's bombs out there that could in fact level a city block. Yeah, he said that he was wearing a bomb vest and that there were snipers outside the club, and there were other explosives as well. Um, he said he had a vest, the same type that they used in Paris which led cops to believe that he had a bomb vest on a victim. Right, right. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't get that particular detail, but, yep, okay. That, that, that tracks. Yeah, I, I've, I remembered that bit, so I had to look into it when I heard the, the part about a vest because um, they didn't really go into detail about it in the, the one of the two um, 
uh, documentaries that I watched on this while well listened to while I was driving around. Unfortunately, like I said, I suffered the mother of all Mondays today. Um, and for our listeners, today is actually supposed to be Friday. So I did not do the due diligence that I was supposed to do on this. And for that, I uh, apologize to you all and to my co-host here. However, um, I did get enough to uh, to carry on the conversation. So we're here yeah, yeah. and we're um, making it happen. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, and this part, I, I had to chuckle at this because I also heard this on a doc. I watched a doctor called 49 Pulses. And... Um, there's this group of people that were there. There's like these three girls that were just kind of a girls' night out, and uh, they they were describing him. He they were all in the bathroom, and he had like he was holding them hostage in the bathroom, and like the cops at this point are already moving into the club, and taking out the wounded that they can, and like securing positions. Uh, they ripped out a fucking air conditioning unit at one point yeah. to, gain, to gain further entry. They they uh, breached the fucking building. <laughs> yeah, the, that was the the folks that were in one of the closets there. The cops had gotten connected through the 911 operator to the person that was in there on the line. Yeah, yeah. And the cop asked him, are you in the room with the air, the, the air conditioning? And they said, yeah, that, that's us, but he's going to come and kill us. And, well, they said, well, we we got a plan. Now, their plan was to push the air conditioner inside, but it would require the per- the people inside to actually catch it and you know, lower it without making so much noise and such. Um, uh, excuse me. But, um, yeah, and the officer told this guy that was on the phone, the one thing that you never want to hear in this particular situation. And it's, uh, yeah, when this happens, you're going to be the last one out because we need to know everybody else is out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So they, they did that. And uh, yeah, they, they, they were, they succeeded. They got the air conditioner out of the hole and you know, they got everybody out and yeah, the guy that was on the phone was the last one out. I, I got to give that guy props too, man, because that is something you never want to hear in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that she was saying was that the whole time he was in there, he was like yelling at them. He went, he was also on the phone and he was telling the, all the hostages, you know, Turn off their phones. Don't be on your phone. Well, he's sitting there on the phone. Uh, he called his wife and asked if she had seen the news. She was like, no. And he's like, I love you. And he just hangs up. Um, he, was, he sent some text messages. He made other calls to 911. Um, he was quoted by some survivors as saying, uh, 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 I don't have a problem with black people, and I'm not going to stop my assault until America stops bombing his country. I don't know what black people had to do with any of it. Um, yeah, sure. There were there were some there, there there were some people of color there, but it had nothing to do with. I I don't know. The dude doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes, um, or no, most I mean, times. I, that, that one didn't make any sense either. But yeah, uh, yeah, that he did. <laughs> while he was outside the bathroom, while all these people were in there, did ask that freaking question. You know, you know like, about if there was any blacks in there. I don't have a problem with black people. Yeah, it's no. like what. The the you know the the guilty man flee where none pursueth I suppose, um, well well he's going in there he opens fire on this on a bathroom on the northwest side, uh, the hostage, well one of the hostages was injured by two bullets and struck with pieces of a wall hit by stray bullets, um, then he goes in the women's restroom and his rifle jams, so he sw- he throws down the rifle and switches to his Glock, uh, 
Yeah, but there was a lot of people inside that were texting to warn of, you know, calling and texting going on. Uh, Pulse actually went on Facebook and was like, hey, don't come here. Run far, far away. Um, yeah. Uh, to warn that, but there people were texting 911 to warn them of possible explosives. Um, so I guess at this point, he's just kind of, his rampage is kind of done. He's just going around, I guess, killing here and there. Mostly just trying, I don't, I don't know what he's doing at this point. 45 minutes. You know. <laughs> he emptied the magazine in his pistol and then went back to get his rifle. And he he sat there and fumbled with that for a little bit, and he finally got it unjammed. He's like, yeah, I got plenty of ammunition for this. And he continued to start firing. Well, he made his way out to uh, one of the cops knew the layout of the place fairly well. I don't know. Not even going to get into a joke on that one. But uh, <laughs> one of the cops just happened to know the the the, the layout well enough to when he caught a glimpse of the shooter and where the shooter was heading, he went around and went to cut him off the other exit where the patio was. And right. sure enough, Martin went out into the patio area. Don't know if he was yeah, trying to they, escape they, or they, looking for other targets, but they got into another gun sh- gunfire battle. One of the cops got shot in the head, but luckily for him, he was wearing a Kevlar helmet. Um, they showed that that one there. Um, yeah, that was a very lucky break for that particular officer. Right. Uh, but, yeah, he went back in, and uh, that this is at the point where they were uh, going to set up a diversion because they needed to get in there. Yeah, so they, 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 uh, they set up yeah. They set up a, a distractionary uh, explosion, and during that at that time they were also going to breach the wall. And, you know, they ain't coming in the door. They're going to make a door. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so they pull that off. And and the folks in the bathroom, you know, because that's where they breached. All of a sudden, they get a big-ass explosion right there from the concussion force. And, you know, the room fills with smoke. They're covered with dust. And in come the the cops. Well, you're going into an active shooter situation. Your main focus has to be secure that shooter. So yeah. these cops were doing the unthinkable to themselves, not to everybody else, but they were doing something that they felt was unthinkable and they were walking past victims, you know, people that needed help, but you know, they couldn't stop to help because there was a shooter in there still yeah, shooting. That's got to tug at those people's heartstrings just a little bit. No, they're just watching the cops walk by. Yeah, but I think at that point they know, you know. I mean, and the cops too, man. You're sitting there looking at somebody that needs help, and you have to, you've got to do your job. And at this point, the main priority is stopping that shooter. So you have to walk by that person. I just, I, I just don't know how they do it. Yeah. But yeah, the breach drew him out into the hallway, and at five fourteen, he engaged with them. He started shooting. Um, he got shot eight times and killed in the resulting shootout which involved at least 11 officers who fired 150 bullets. Now, he fired 200 bullets or so, like, his whole time. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just think it was more. It was like 500 or something, I think, actually, because he did, like, the initial shooting, then there was the shootouts with the police and whatnot were a little bit different. They counted it different for some reason. But, you know, and his, his hit ratio was pretty good compared to, compared to 8 out of 150 bullets. Like, well, he was trained a little bit and you know, was pretty proficient with a firearm. You would think the cops were, too. Well, there they, was 11 cops shooting at one time. 
150 <laughs> divided by 11. What's that? Uh, empty the mag? No. <laughs> and they only hit him eight times. <laughs> I, I think I think what happened was Orlando, like they they had they they had borrowed some uh, stormtroopers from the Death Star. Like they were heroes <laughs> and they were brave, but goddamn, they couldn't hit their target worth of shit. Like they they should have at least hit him with a oh hundred of those hundred and fifty rounds, and they got him with eight. That's that's <laughs> what I'm getting at. <laughs> it wasn't just one; it was eleven of them shooting from all sides. <laughs> Fucking stormtroopers, man! <laughs> oh my God, wow! <laughs> I said they're absolute heroes. I gotta but... recompose on that one. That one, that one hurt. <laughs> I said they were absolute heroes and brave and courageous, but. They needed a little bit more time at the range, is all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, that was a waste Remember, of... Remember, man. <laughs> that was a waste of... What Gun if control is about, you know, <laughs> controlling your shots. Yeah, yeah. What if there was like a, a uh, oh, what's you call it? Fucking M. Night Shyamalan twist, and, you know, the bar owner was the second shooter that nobody knew about or something like that. Well, you've done, emptied 150 rounds out. How many did you bring with you? <laughs> you know? Oh well. Yeah, hopefully a damn enough. My goodness. Um, we know the 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 shooter brought a lot. But. At a five oh five, a bomb squad set off a controlled explosion, and at five fifty three, Orlando police posted on Twitter: "The shooter inside the club is dead. Thirty hostages were freed during the police operation. The survivors were searched by police for guns and explosives." Um, now, luckily, the hospital was just blocks away. Yeah. Um. The amb- they didn't have ambulances, enough ambulances at that particular moment. So one of the officers who had arrived in his personal truck started uh, loading folks in the truck and made several trips with wounded in his in his truck. Uh, a couple of the officers used their their patrol cars to transport the wounded. So you know the, the ones that survived but were wounded, yeah, they they got to uh, to help fairly quickly. Again, thanks to the, uh, the the actions of those first responders, they they really did a good job on this one. If, yeah, yeah. All things considered, man. I mean, that was they a horrible situation. They did good. Uh, you know, Death Star comment aside. Um, <laughs> the attack uh, ends with 50 dead. Um, well, 39 initially dead, including Mateen. Uh, then 11 more were pronounced dead at the hospitals. So 50 dead. Uh, there were uh, 58 injured. Um, 53 of them were injured by gunfire. Uh, some of the survivors were critically injured, so like their their lost legs or their um, uh, what's your fucking what's what's the word? Um, paralyzed. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of them went underwent surgery. Uh, yeah. There's it, it wasn't it wasn't great. Like he he. It was the highest, uh, what do they call it here? It was the second deadliest mass shooting by a single shooter in United States history. At the time of the shooting, it was the deadliest mass shooting by a single shooter in United States history. Um, it only got, Yeah, yeah, it, this one was the best, the, the biggest one yeah, at um, the time. It got knocked down to second place by our next episode. Uh, it also the deadliest incident of violence against LGBT Q plus people in the history of U.S. surpassing the 73 upstairs lounge arson attack. And I kind of want to do an episode on that after all this, just because I've never, I've never even heard of this before. And, yeah, I was uh, like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, I'd never heard of this before in my life. 
Yeah, we won't do it as part of this series, though. That uh, we've done too many already. Uh, <laughs> the deadliest attack in United States, deadliest terrorist attack since the September 11th attacks in 2001. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's... yeah, man. Now this one did a little bit of a number in uh, prolonging our um, emotional response to uh, that particular event and mm. uh, the way that Muslims were looked at and treated in this particular country. Um, people were still healing. I mean, it was only five years later. We were deep into that, deep into that war. Um, that was, you know more for oil and, you know, nation building than it was for a response. But we covered that in the nine 11 episode. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this, this opened up those wounds a little bit more and, uh, took it, made it take a little bit longer to heal and get past that particular hatred that we had for those, that particular group of people. Yeah. Um, she, uh, his wife, his wife was arrested uh, January the following year. Uh, yeah, she became a thing after yeah, this. Yeah, charged in federal court with aiding and abetting as well as obstruction of justice. Um, they accused her of knowing that Mateen was planning the attack uh, and like had helped him helped him ride around and like scout out fucking clubs and whatnot. Um, she pled not guilty, and uh, well, went to trial. Um, and he said that uh, he was keeping her locked up, separated from her family, you know, allegations of abuse and all that good stuff, which, I mean, I could believe, you know, having heard yeah, what yeah. we've heard about this guy. Um, during the trial, the prosecution showed that it, uh, like, held back information during discovery, which is an automatic case loser. I don't, I have no idea why they would do that. That is automatically your, your suspect's going to walk now. Um, yeah. But during the discovery that her, of, Salman's confession of helping scout potential attack locations was not true based on cell phone evidence. So apparently she had initially like said that she helped scout out locations, but based on her cell phone records, they knew that, that wasn't true. And the FBI knew that, even though that, that is what got her denied bail. So she sat in jail because the FBI knew that she had lied and decided just to let her sit in jail, even though they knew she was innocent. <laughs> um, but they couldn't put this guy in a box for all of the pre-mentioned. Right, shit. right. Um, so the defense side of the, okay, well, that's a fucking Brady violation. I'm, I'm, we're free, right? So they wanted to dismiss the charges or declare a mistrial after the disclosure. And prosecution disclosed during the trial about uh, his dad being an FBI foreman at various points in time. Um, but the court denied the defense motion to dismiss the charges for some fucking reason. But eventually, uh, the jury finally acquitted her, um, even though the foreman has said we were convinced she did know about Mateen's plans for the attack. Uh, one survivor of the shooting called the acquittal devastating for victims of the shooting. I, I think she knew. Um, but my understanding is there used to be a... a uh, like some sort of rule about like mobsters we use all the time. Like if you married somebody, you, you didn't have to, you couldn't be forced to like testify against them and shit like that. Yeah, that that rule still exists. Yeah, so I, I just on those grounds alone, I don't really understand. And they knew that she wasn't with him planning the attack, but they still let her sit there. So I, there's 
this is another one of those things. It's like, what's going on here? Like, what's this really is happening? when they knew they dropped the ball on Mathine himself. And now they've got another one sitting there in their face that, you know, hey, we can't drop the ball on this. So they tried to overdo it here. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess. That, <laughs> um, and then they overdid it so bad that they do what they often do and just fucked up. Like that's part of the reason I don't really I don't have any real faith in the criminal justice system, man. Is it's, it's not about what the law says or what the law doesn't say. It's what about who can who can you know fucking talk the best game and you know fucking follow the rules the best. As far as like evidentiary, like fucking playing magic, dude. <laughs> yeah, know? absolutely, man. There, there's there's no rule of law. There's a rule of lawyers. Exactly. Best way I can exactly. put it. You know. It, it, it's it's fucked up, man. Um, uh, so they they've gone they, in 2016. They reported that the FBI's after conducting interviews and examination of Mateen's computer and whatnot, uh, basically didn't find anything. They're saying because Pulse you know, he targeted Pulse for a specific reason. Um, he didn't make any homophobic comments during the shooting. Uh, Nothing's been found confirming the speculation that he was gay and used like grinder and what have you, the Adam for Adam. Um, they did find out that he was like fucking around on his wife with other women, though. Uh, he, he didn't really, you know. There's nothing to suggest that he attempted to cover up his track by deleting anything off his computer. And they say he, he didn't leave him a, fe- a manifesto, but he used to have a manifesto that he used as like his. Uh, his like his resume. He would just hand them like this five-page manifesto about himself. Um, yeah, was <laughs> I tried to find it. I couldn't find it, but I found several people like referring to it, and it, it sounds like it would have been fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> like, uh, no, Who I do does not that have, shit? I do not have a resume, but much much in the spirit of my my dear friend uh, the Unabomber, I have a manifesto here that I would like you to read. And it's all about me and uh, my connection with Hezbollah and Al-Qaeda and ISIS. <laughs> you know? Like, I wonder if he used that for pickups. Like, hey, baby, I'm in Hezbollah. <laughs> like, anyway. I'm a terrorist in training, girl. You know I'm going to do something big. I'm going to terrorize that ass. I'm going to go out with a bang. Uh, or, or 50 of them. Um... <laughs> God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one fell flat. We're <laughs> <laughs> fifty of them. <laughs> all right, all right. That that one aside, that you know, let's 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 move on from that one. Get away from it quick before it blows up again. <laughs> well, speaking but, uh, of yeah, things, that... speaking of things that don't blow up, um, a imam for a mosque in Kissimmee. Uh, had a, like a video of Mateen praying for like ten minutes straight, um, and he would like the mosque guy, the, the mosque that he went to, the imam would always say that he would see he would see Mateen and his family, and they would just come in and pray and leave. Like, they didn't really talk about anything, you know. And uh, this imam has been, you know, he's kind of progressive for a Muslim imam, you know, as progressive as it gets. Really, he's. He's, he isn't one of the backwards ones. He isn't crazy. He wasn't preaching anything about it. So the whole thing about it being a hate crime based on homosexuality, I think, is false. Um, I think it's a little bit of fear mongering. 
Uh, it, I think they, they, they were targeted because they were there, and that was all. Um, yeah, it was a popular place with a lot of people and an opportunity, I think. Yeah, and yeah, he had just picked it because of that. You know, more people, most people in the smallest place. There's no evidence. He didn't leave anything behind saying why. No, no plans, no, you know, backed up notebook somewhere. Like I said, no manifesto to speak of That's for just, the event. Just his resume. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he had a track record and a history of, you know, stupidity and anger and wanting to be in, an extremist. And I think he just, yeah, either. I don't know. Maybe he got denied by fucking ISIL or something and said, yeah, you know, we just, we, we, we're, we're going to go a different way. Um, and he said, oh yeah, I'll show you. And went and did some stupid shit. Yeah. And like, honestly, like the Muslim community in Florida, like they, they stepped up on this one. Um, they swiftly condemned the shooting, obviously. Um, there were prayer vigils for the victims held at mosques across the country. Uh, the Florida mosque, issued a statement condemning the attack and offering condolences to the victims. Um, the Council on American-Islamic Relations called the attack monstrous, offered condolences. Uh, and many, this is at a time when Americans hated Muslims, folks. Many Muslim groups uh, broke Ramadan to donate blood. So, like, that was... That, that that alone <laughs> says a lot. Oh yeah, the whole uh, blood drive that was that come from this man, they overwhelmed the. Yeah, there the, was a rule the, the in center. Florida. I think it's actually a federal law that they part of the questionnaire is like if you've had sex with another man, if a man's had sex with another man in the past like twenty four hours or some shit like that, they can't they can't give blood. And uh, so a lot of people that were immediately trying to give blood, you know, were were the local LGBT community and um yeah they uh they were like no you can't do it so everybody including muslims observing ramadan did it you know came and donated blood it was it was it was actually a pretty like you know heartwarming moment that came out of this like it yeah, yeah it, they had so many people volunteering to donate blood after this event that they had to turn people away till the next day yeah yeah um yeah the, the united united nations uh, issued a statement condemning the shooting of targeting persons as a result of their sexual orientation. Again, it wasn't, you know, it, it, to me that was kind of like a, just like a knee-jerk reaction because ultimately I don't think the shooting had anything to do with anybody's sexual orientation. Um, yeah, man. Uh, and, and this is another one that fucking Alex Jones said didn't happen. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yep. This dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> Him again. My goodness. Yeah, there's... there's. I mean, know, come on, guys. There's 49, if you're going to come up with conspiracy theories, at least come up with good ones. There's 49 innocent people laying in the ground, but this is fake, right? Like, come on, man. <laughs> you know? Well, 49 yeah. innocent people in one piece of shit. Yeah, uh, with, you know, 50-plus injured afterwards. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they... They think it was fake. Yeah. I, they're yeah. still acting to this day, by the way. Um, yeah. They've had a couple of reunion episodes and you know, some you <laughs> yeah. know, where are they now kind of appearances. Yeah. And apparently they're, they're still hiding those limbs they, they supposedly lost. You know, they're doing pretty good at it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've watched, I, I watched a little bit on, I watched a few of the like victims' testimony and whatnot. 
But after a while, man, it gets it gets again it it, it gets to be a bummer. You know, I keep hearing I'm here I've been hearing the same story for the past nine episodes. It seems, you know. <laughs> just um, yeah that that's that's the swamp of sorrow that we're trudging through for you folks yeah um, guys it, it <laughs> is taxing uh, i will have to say that it is slightly taxing i've been having trouble sleeping i've apparently started talking in my sleep again which has which stopped after i moved but during this it's come back um my sleep is more restless uh, it, my stomach's acting up more now like and this, I'll be so glad when we're done with the mass shooters. But we got three more to go, right? At yeah. least, oh, unless somebody else look, gets a wild hair across their ass in the next two weeks. I think we should stop at Uvalde. If, I mean, for fuck's sake, if somebody mass shoots the entire country between, you know, now and the time we do our discussion episode, we'll just do it at a later date. <laughs> like, <laughs> Footnotes for future. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll cover them. Well, yeah, and there's a lot. There's a lot of things like I. I really want to go back and revisit at another time the, um, like the the postal shootings. You know, I, I'd really love to go. There's some I, I want to go back and revisit. You know, uh, like the 1973 uh, lounge shooting. You know, the, but this has become like I said. I thought I thought these people would be drastically different, and they are, but it all comes down to the same like the same thing like all of a sudden they're just not them they're just doing this shit and most of the time it seemed like we knew all along you know it isn't like scooby-doo where they tear off the mask and it's someone else it's like no it's the person that's been saying they're going to do this all along you know yeah <laughs> i mean Except there hasn't couple. there hasn't been a single one that we've covered that there isn't something that should have been picked up yeah now, I'm sure they're out there where they just, you know, they're they're doing great, and then all of a sudden, you know, pardon the meme, go postal and take people out. But I, I think those are very few and far in between. Yeah. It, yeah, and it's like, I mean, yeah, the guns are part of it, but, I mean, I don't, you know, gun, taking away guns. We'll, we'll get into the discussion episode, damn it. Um, yeah, but like I, like I said, folks, remember that uh, at this time, just during the Obama presidency, at, at this time, this particular event was the 15th, 1-5, 15th time that Obama had to address the nation and tell us that a mass shooting had happened. Um, yeah, they're not even addressing there, the there's nation a lot anymore, of, I don't think. No, they're, they're, but yeah. No, they. I don't think they do. We'd be doing a national address every just, fucking day now. Damn near it. Not oh yet. God, it's, it's <laughs> that's why I text. I text so you this morning. This year, like, the last five years. Before? I text you this Jesus morning. Christ. When you're, well, well there, there, there's another shooting in Duval. It wasn't a mass shooting, but just another shooting in Duval. I'm like, dude, this shit's getting out of hand. <laughs> like, right. And just yesterday was one of freaking Memphis with a. I hope that guy gets. They they shouldn't even have a lawyer. He shouldn't even have a trial. This this guy, freaking live posting on Facebook. Oh my god! Did somebody. you know what? I I just learned a new term today. Thanks to Jessica. What he was doing is called by like I guess the people that follow that type of thing is called unaliving. Unliving what? Unliving un unaliving. So they're going around live streaming themselves killing people. It's a thing. Oh. It's it's a fad now. It's a fucking fad. <laughs> Jesus Christ, humanity is fucked. <laughs> See why I initially wanted to call this fucking podcast Downfall? 
<laughs> yeah, I, I can see. Well, maybe that's the this particular series. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, hold on a second. I got a I got a pop culture expert here. If I might interject, it's more so about people who are a little uncomfortable with saying, you know, this person, you know, committed suicide. That's all. Yeah, that's what unaliving started with, yeah. <laughs> what, the, the folks that were live streaming them committing suicide? Yeah, yeah, and they didn't want to talk about, well, you just saw, you know, this person committed suicide, they, so they changed it to unaliving themselves. And, yeah, that's mm -hmm. where this all took off from. But, I mean, the mass shooting thing, it goes way back. It's just now it seems to be blending into the fold of pop culture. Remember Flashdance? That was the thing. People like flash mobs. Those were... I miss Ugh. those. Yeah, I hated them, but goddamn, I miss it now. <laughs> Worst thing you get. Yeah, you that get, that was an acceptable form of stupidity. I got to give it that. Like, uh, I I hated them, but you know, what happened to that? Why can't we? Why can't, <laughs> <laughs> what? Fuck! I'd much rather Tide Pods become a big thing again. Goddamn! You know, I was sitting there today thinking, yeah, these things do look fucking tasty. <laughs> right. You know. And just wash it down with a big old jug of battery acid. Oh, yeah, you you remember the good old days? We 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 should have just listened to Al Gore. That's all. <laughs> we should have listened to Al Gore. Al. Oh. Oh God, no. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> well, think about now we have global man bear pig, and instead of man bear pig being global warming, it's mass shootings. <laughs> you know, uh. wait, wait till wait till it becomes a, a, an issue where they start saying, "Oh, wait, they've already started saying that fucking mass shootings aren't real." <laughs> yep, <laughs> fucking now. Alex Jones. God damn it! Now, <laughs> I believe Korea's got something right with. People like him. It's him and his future three generations. Fuck them all. <laughs> Fuck them. Uh, well, I mean, I might. We might eat those words. You know, what if like he has? I don't even know if he has kids. What if one of his kids turn out to be like the best human being ever? Yeah. You know? Nope. 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 Can't. Can't happen. Nope. You know, your father was that big of a piece of shit. The the it, it takes at least three generations to 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 get rid of those genes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Well, I I don't think we have. Uh, I don't think we have any Jones family listeners. You know? <laughs> we probably don't have many of them from North Korea either. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain. <laughs> uh, I don't ever expect to see us pop up on, like, say, China. Uh, but I, I got to admit, I didn't expect the United Arab Emirates either. And that popped up shortly after the episode of last night. Uh, was released on Patreon, the one where I mentioned that we'd be talking about fucking uh, Pulse night shooting, nightclub shooting, right? That episode wasn't public yet. You had to be a patron to get to listen to that episode. I know Dustin, our one patron, isn't talking to people of the United Arab Emirates. And I know that he hasn't listened to that episode yet. In fact, nobody has listened to that episode yet. So it just struck me as really weird <laughs> when we say <laughs> Pops up. I'm sitting there reading about the United Arab Emirates. I take a break and I look down at my phone and I got a. Well, I mean, maybe, 
Maybe they just happen to look through their their Spotify and looking for a, a new podcast to listen to, and you know they happen to see the title, you know, nine one one aftermath, nine eleven aftermath, and you're know, like, hey, what do these people think about this shit? Yeah, maybe it was uh, maybe it was Pearl Harbor, or uh, you know, shit, who knows, man? Like we got a listener in Arab, that's cool, but what if what if well, it's like it's NATO? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I but know. I welcome them anyway. Fuck yeah. I mean, they ain't going to like us much, but okay. Well, I ain't here for people to like. I'm here to talk. And, you know, hopefully people listen. 